You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Well, welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio. I'm Pete Weixner, and I'm in for Rick Franzi. Rick will be back next week, I presume. Uh, I'm a 30-year business journalist, way back when, a practitioner of finance and actually a CPA. No longer certified because I couldn't continue the continuing professional education, but I was actually an auditor for many years with Johnson & Johnson and transitioned to journalism, mostly business journalism. Now run the journalism program at Chapman University in Orange. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Rick's show and the CEO, CEO peer groups that he leads, then you should visit his company's website at criticalmassforbusiness.com. You can call or text Rick at 949-887-4104. And it gives me great pleasure right now to, to introduce our next guest, and it's Toby West, who is the CIS instructor at Coastline College. Well, we all know technology is advancing at a breakneck pace. We rely more and more on electronic data and online sources, so it's no surprise that cybersecurity measures must be taken very seriously. I'm watching a story an hour before coming on the air about a threat to our elections via cybersecurity. Coastline Community College is taking measures to make sure the next generation is proactively understanding technology, policies, and practices through their very successful cybersecurity program. So joining us today is Toby West, the CIS instructor at Coastline College, to share how the school's program is bringing people a step ahead of the game. Toby, I hope you're there, and welcome. Yes. Hi. <laughs> I can Not only there, I can hear you very well. Welcome to the program. Welcome to Critical Mass Radio. Tell us a little bit before we get into your, your program and cybersecurity and all sorts of interesting facets to it, a little bit about your background, your journey that brought, brought you to this point. Okay. So um, in my, my past jobs, I worked at a medical legal support services company in the IT department. So I got to... Um, uh, utilize my talents, I guess, for IT, but also my interest in the legal profession as well. And what I did for them was work as a systems analyst, a project manager, and eventually technology consultant over the 14 years that I worked there. Um, I I did all sorts of activities for the organization, including assisting with software development over that entire 14 years, and other things like disaster recovery, uh, penetration testing, internal audits. You know, if you have any questions about any of those, I can describe them more in depth. But essentially, I, um, I started with user acceptance testing at another company. Just by chance, I fell into that role, not really realizing what I was doing and, and just made my way into IT. You got into IT and what's, I mentioned CIS, which is? Mm-hmm. Computer Information Systems. And you got into cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so this transition and then now the cybersecurity program at Coastline College. Tell us about that transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as I was developing myself and trying to figure out what I wanted to do professionally, I started back to school. And as I went back to school, I 
took various classes at Cal Poly Pomona, and I was very interested in computer forensics specifically, and it just kind of lent itself to uh, teaching eventually as I as I progressed through the program, the master's program at Cal Poly. I Jump saw back that I was fast. very interested in that For the layman, computer forensics is? <laughs> yes. Um, essentially being able to analyze a computer, specifically a hard drive or USB drive that has data on it and discover things to help either solve a crime or maybe a company violation of policy, something like that. Gotcha. So, so computer, the, the computer equivalent, right, of using uh, detective work to yes. either prevent or solve uh, financial malfeasance or Financial or other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely the best way I can describe it is an autopsy of a computer hard drive. That's a really good way to look at it because you could be solving a crime or proving that something in particular happened that perhaps wasn't a crime. I want to talk a lot about the cybersecurity program at Coastline, but just just to get topical for a moment, the most recent example is Yahoo, right, disclosing what, some 500 million accounts uh, hacked Mm -hmm. into does it surprise, man, that surprised you. I think it surprises a lot of us, a lot of the average person, that we can't believe there aren't greater safeguards. It just seems, frankly, so darn easy. I just got through watching the movie, uh, the film Snowden, and it, again, it just seems so da- so darn easy, I should say, to, mm-hmm. to hack into any computer, phone, you name it, right? Still. Right. I think that one of the things is that hackers have the potential to try out their skills on multiple organizations and keep trying and keep trying until they hit the jackpot somewhere. So it's unfortunate that, you know, everyone can't keep themselves 100% secure, but it's similar to everything else that people can break into, right? There's going to eventually be that place that is slightly less secure than others. Right, right. So, so the the upside is um, it's it's spawned quite the um, robust career for uh, right. for folks to get into. And I don't know how many. Uh, this is a cybersecurity program degree program at Coastline College. It is yes. So we offer a two-year program or certificates of achievement in cybersecurity where the students can choose from the various options that we have and put together. We we provide the options, and then they can put together what they like as their course schedule. And is this program that you personally created? It is not. It was here before me. I just started here a couple of years ago. So it's not quite, um, you know, mine alone. <laughs> there are many of us teaching the courses as well. And, but I can't imagine it's all that common a degree program. Yeah, it, it may become that, but I have to imagine mm-hmm. that if, if this is what you want to, where you want to launch your career, there aren't many options. Right. So oftentimes people will get a degree in something else, perhaps information assurance or networking, something else as a foundation, and then take those specific courses towards cybersecurity or perhaps a certification, something outside of uh, a schooling program. They might get training at work or something else. But you are right. It's very rare to have this as a degree program. What are you looking to accomplish with your, first of all, tell me real quick, what will your degree be and what what exactly is the degree? 
the, it's an associate of science in cybersecurity. In cybersecurity. Are, you, are, you, are mm-hmm. most of the students, are, are you looking to train people to have a working knowledge of cybersecurity or people to actually get into this field? I um, I accept either, but generally speaking, most of my students are um, do not have exposure to security specifically at work. So they're coming from either a networking background or have not worked at all. So they it's open. I take that into account when I teach the classes, and I consider that they may not have taken any courses before mine. So I try to be you know helpful to get them on the right track for cybersecurity profession, helping even with resumes job interview preparation, things of that nature as well. Uh, I would imagine you do just like any good business program or market. You do a lot of, and Lord knows you have enough of them recently, a lot of case studies as part of this program. Yes, definitely. It's necessary. And we offer um, hands-on lab uh, environment so that they can go and test things out in a safe way so that they can learn to hack. You know, of course, that's part of cybersecurity, right? <laughs> Understanding the offense, <laughs> right? So we want to teach them how to, you know, how to defend through offensive measures and countermeasures. So, so I guess if someone, if one were watching the debate, you're teaching uh, last night, you're teaching someone how to be a 400 pound person in their bed with their computer, hacking into, <laughs> hacking into the government's most sensitive information. I kid. I, I, right. I want to teach integrity as well, so I cover the ethics and integrity so that I don't have that happen. Whether one's in shape is their choice. What does IA uh, forward slash CD stand for? So that's Information Assurance and Cyber Defense. And what we need to do is protect the information, right, make sure that it has integrity so that we receive the correct information, that it's available when we need it, um, that it's kept confidential so that prying eyes can't see it, right? We have to take all of these things into account. So cyber defense is keeping that information safe that's in the cloud or on a hard drive somewhere, on a network, any of those things. If I'm, if I have a fledgling business, well, well heck, if I'm... I'm me. I'm a professor who has a little, maybe a little side business, and of course, um, my life is on uh, yeah. my laptop and my and my uh, work computer. What should I be doing that I'm going to guess I'm not doing? So, a couple of the things revolve around passwords to keep things safe. Uh, password complexity is really important, making sure that your password is long enough and that it's complex enough so that people can't guess it, not keeping, you know, your password right under your keyboard, right? <laughs> and then um, and not, using this, <laughs> not using the same password in multiple places. So your bank account should have a different password, say, from your login uh, to your school account things of that nature so that it's not repetitive and so that people can't figure it out through key loggers and other mechanisms that they can easily see that you've typed the same thing in repeatedly or once they break into one, they get into everything else. Sure. Those are, Beyond those are really good measures. <laughs> list of passwords is taped to the bottom of their of their uh, monitor. <laughs> what is there a way you can look at somebody's computer, uh, look at their tech setup and say this, is, this has a weakness or weaknesses? I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're asking. Um, beyond, so we, you just mentioned, you know, password security, but is, are there other mm-hmm. things that you can almost instantly notice in looking at somebody's computer infrastructure that says this is this can be hacked into? 
so some other things would be um, maintaining equipment with default passwords. I don't know if you're running anything, um, you know, any sort of network equipment or anything like that, but if you don't set up appropriate passwords for equipment on your network, this could be a, a really big problem because hackers can find out through your network as you know, if you have a website or something like that, they can figure out what equipment you're running and then try the default password really easily and get right in. And that's really common for small businesses that run their own networks. Uh, are there are there warning signs that one gets? Uh, mm-hmm. I seem to get a warn. <laughs> I seem to get pitches <laughs> all the time to add security, <laughs> but I've been told to dismiss the for the most part dismiss those offhand that they could be also phishing, but are there warning Mm -hmm. signs, legit warning signs, that you have faulty cybersecurity? I think, to me, one of the main signs, if you think everything is secure and everything seems to be right, but your systems start running slowly, this is one of the signs that somebody could be in and using your network for other traffic besides what you were expecting. So for malicious intent, they slow down your network, slow down your computer, things of that nature. Um, Other things that people have brought to my attention are things like ransomware, and hopefully everyone listening hasn't experienced this, but um, it would be, for example, my cousin experienced a prompt on her MacBook that said she simply needed to pay $35 for um, opening a certain program that had expired, and it was actually ransomware that forced her to pay a fine in order to get access back to her computer. It stopped working. So those are kind of signs that maybe people think that it is time to pay, and so they make that payment not really being aware that somebody's taken over their computer. Scary for a lot of people. We're going to continue this conversation with Toby West about cybersecurity and the program she uh, helps run at Coastline College. We are going to take a quick break right now. This is Pete Weitzner in for Rick Franzi. And you're listening to Critical Mass for Business on OC Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. I want to welcome you back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio. I'm Pete Weitzner, in for your regular host, Rick Franzi. He will be back next week. Uh, all of the shows can be heard uh, anytime on iTunes, on Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs appeared on the show. Since we started the show, Rick did in 2009, the show has reached over 180,000 listeners with their podcast. Simply type Critical Mass Radio Show into your podcasting software to find the podcasts of the Critical Mass Radio weekly interviews. And now let us return to Toby West, who is a specialist on the instruction and the fast-growing field of cybersecurity. Welcome back, Toby. Thank you. 
So you build a plan or strategy uh, for a business that you think is going to protect their computer and their data. Does it always work? <laughs> Definitely not. It doesn't always work. <laughs> I know it may be hard. We, we, we'd like to feign that we, pre, we pre-interview well ahead of time. We, 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 do, we definitely do some pre-production, but uh, is, there, is there perhaps a famous one, doesn't have to be yours, that comes to mind where you did this, but you couldn't anticipate that, uh, what we would maybe call the law of unintended consequences or um, maybe an example? Uh, definitely in the software development side of things, from a web application perspective, the company I worked for had a web presence, and we thought we'd covered all bases to protect the website and defend it from being hacked, you know, from people gaining unauthorized access to other orders that they shouldn't. And unfortunately, it was something quick that the person was able to do to breach the website is just simply change one of the numbers in the URL that was typed in to get into their order. So, you know, unexpected and unwanted, definitely. I'm going way back to my uh, audit days with Johnson & Johnson over 30 years ago. We, we did have technology, it was hardly, of course, what we had today. But at the as an auditor, of course, that was the biggest, and, and, and I would liken it to what you do in cybersecurity, a little more specific. We would audit the, you know, the entire company to try and prevent against uh, malfeasance and theft. We used to, they would publish what they call every year, a summary of, what is it, theft and defalcation. I imagine industry-wide there's, there's things that people can get to see. Like I said, we hear about them every day in the news, but to learn about uh, some of the more spectacular ones and how they were done, right? Mm-hmm. It's definitely um, recommended to get an audit a penetration test, as I mentioned earlier. So you have somebody come in and just simply run regular tools against your system and see what they can find, and then you can go after those basically low-hanging fruit items that you can correct to protect your system and defend it for, you know, a nominal cost compared to a full-blown audit, sure. you know, that you might have later. But it's it's really good, especially when you start something new on your website or you add something to your network or make a change. That's something that should be done right away. Uh, so short of, and it's probably not common, bringing my computer over to the folks at Coastline College and giving them some practical experience. <laughs> what is, give me, what's a, what, give me a couple of places people can go, what it would cost them, and what they would get for their money to protect their protect their lives so i yeah i would say you know even if you're just looking something up online you can look up you know just google some things to change on your own especially you know like i said simple like the password on your account or uh checking you know the perimeter of your wi-fi how far does the wi-fi of your home go out you know can you go you know, outside of your house and still get your access to your Wi-Fi. Maybe you're broadcasting that too far out. But um, as far as places to go, I'm sorry, I don't have recommendations. Now, for uh, then, yeah, I would just say the average person might like that. They can sit deep in their backyard or go across the street. But what they've done is made their, they've made their computer vulnerable. Right. They're, all of their computers in their house, all of their devices, including phones and tablets and everything. So now you made, we talked right at the beginning about the transition you made in getting into this field. Uh, what have you learned about, which is, so we're talking more generally here, about making, about a career transition? What have you learned about, about yours? Did you get it right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very happy with it. It, no, it was. I mean, that's. 
I mean, you're leaping when there's no net, right? Right. I, I definitely did not expect this. I started school without the anticipation that this would happen. I actually intended to be in the executive staff at the company I was working for. I, you know, fully planned for that road through school, through education. And I, I really enjoy computer forensics and ethical hacking. And I like helping people understand their own path and figuring out how to get there. So I, I like when students come back and tell me that, you know, they made a big change in their lives, that they, one student just told me they became a scrum master, if anybody knows what that is, uh, working in web development. Well, well uh, very let fun. Me, I, I could maybe figure it out, but maybe not. So a scrum master? is uh, similar to a, a project manager. Uh, it's not exactly the same, but imagine that it's the person who's the coach for the team to get everybody going and keep on task with their project for web development. You're, I want to I finish up just a couple of minutes to go, and we'll finish by, by letting folks know where they can uh, get in touch with, touch with you, learn more about your consultant as well, of course, right, in addition, I would assume, in addition to being uh, a professor right. at, at Coastline. Mm-hmm. I also teach at Cal Poly Pomona, so there's a bridge there with, um, I wanted to talk about really quickly, if you don't mind, sure. uh, Cyber Patriot. So I have Cyber Patriot and Cyber Girls, which are activities I do with middle school and high school kids to get them involved in cybersecurity early on, and these are activities we do at Coastline so that the kids can come to the college campus and see what it's like and engage with the college students as well as mentors. So my Cyber Girls Day is just for girls, and it's a one-day event where middle school and high school girls can come and be engaged with a forensics activity so they can get some hands-on. Sure. Is there a gen- gender gap time. in this field, or what, what do you think? Well, you would know. I mean, Definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a technology it's, is, and, and remains to some extent intimidating for, for women versus men. Mm-hmm. And that is the word that I hear most often, and it is 10% female. Um, in the U.S., that's pretty much the amount, you know, all across the board. So there is definitely a gender diversity gap that I am trying to assist with. And the best way I can see is to get girls involved based on all of the studies by Facebook, Google, LinkedIn. All of them have said that the recommended age is middle school. So that's why we run these activities and try to get the girls involved early. Well, I see where um, UC Irvine has just started an e-games degree program, and then there's an e to have it complete with a, a, a theater for, for gaming, a very sexy end of, of programming and, and computers. Do you think cybersecurity become, can become that, a kind of sexy end of the computer business <laughs> to, that people will choose for a career? Or it's the thing, I guess I need to secure my assets, secure my life. Um, But is there a way way to teach it to make it uh, compelling for folks as a career? I think it is compelling for the people who are interested in hacking and taking things apart and putting (laughs) them back together and troubleshooting. I think it really is. So if folks want to get in touch with, with Toby West, how can they do that? So I'm here at Coastline most days. They can look me up on, you know, the Internet. That's the way to get my extension. Um, it's 17338, or my email address is twest20 at coastline.edu. Well, I have absolutely enjoyed talking with you. We have been talking with Toby West. She is an instructor at Coastline College in cybersecurity. Thank you very much for joining us on Critical Mass for Business. 
Thank you so much for having me. You bet. And I want to thank our audience uh, for tuning in today. Uh, very much, as always, a pleasure to substitute for Rick Franzi on Critical Mass uh, Radio. And remember, Rick will be back uh, next week uh, for another hour talking business. And uh, so I appreciate it. I'm Pete Weitzner. And we're going to turn it back to our 5 o'clock programming. Uh, thank you very much. And remember, all the shows you can uh, hear anytime on iTunes and Stitcher and Spreaker.com. Uh, Rick's uh, show has been around since 2009. Have a great afternoon. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.